I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, a physician and voice technology futurist. Voice First Technology is rapidly becoming the operating system of our lives, and it will completely revolutionize the way we experience healthcare. Let's talk voice. Voice First Health. The future of health is voice. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of Voice First Health. It is a pleasure to be able to bring this podcast to you. This is a special day if you're listening to it on the day it comes out. And of course, you know it is New Year's Day, so happy New Year. January 1st, 2019, I wish you all the best for the new year. 2018 was an incredible year for this podcast and for the Voice First Health community. As you may know, if you've subscribed to this podcast and have been listening to it from the beginning, I launched this approximately halfway through the year, and it has been a real pleasure bringing you these podcasts. I've had the opportunity to interview some real thought leaders in the Voice First space at the intersection with healthcare. And like I said, it is uh, it is a true joy of mine to be able to chat with these people and bring you the information. Today on this special podcast for the new year, I thought what I would do is take a look back at the last uh, five to 10 episodes where I had the opportunity to ask each of the guests on the podcast, what does Voice First Health mean to them? And it was quite interesting to hear the different perspectives because we've got uh, industry leaders, we've got uh, CEOs of companies, we've got researchers, we've got uh, people that are developers, we've got all kinds of people that are working in the space, but the common uh, thread among their experiences is that they're interested in voice technology and they're interested in healthcare. And I thought this would be a really nice way to recap some of the year. I look forward to continuing to uh, to ask my guests, you know, what does Voice First Health mean to them as we go forward? Uh, but what we'll do is I'll sort of set each one up, and then you'll have the opportunity to hear from each one of these guests and what Voice First Health means to them. So the first guest that I want to introduce you to was featured on the Voice First Health podcast, episode 15. And by the way, if you want to go back and listen to any of these specific episodes that I mentioned, you just simply go to voicefirsthealth.com slash and the episode number. So in this case, the first person is Dave Kemp. He was on Voice First Health episode 15. So you can go to voicefirsthealth.com slash 15. And uh, Dave Kemp, we had a fascinating discussion about the other side of the equation when it comes to voice first technology, specifically the hearables and how hearables, how that industry, how that sector is going to transform as a result of voice technology entering into that sector. Now, Dave is part of a company called Oak Tree Products. They provide medical supplies and devices to the hearing technology industry. And he has a fascinating blog called futureear.co where he documents the technological breakthroughs that are occurring in the hearable niche. So um, anyway, without any further ado, here is the response that Dave gave to the question that when I asked him, what does voice first health mean to you? There are so many efficiencies to be had here. Um, you know, uh, when we, you know, when I met you at the um, Voice of Healthcare Summit, um, what kept going through my head was, you know, the most obvious area for improvement here is all the clerical work in the uh, in the actual medical setting, and and you know, from the administrative work to the way that doctors record notes. Um, you know, all of the kind of grunt work, the, the things that you could kind of today almost start to offload, that just makes things so much more efficient. And so the way I look at this is like, if you start to really uh, capitalize on these new efficiencies and you make the whole medical system more efficient, you know, in the US, for example, I just see this allowing for a more efficient healthcare system, meaning 
healthcare doesn't cost as much. It's more accessible. You can have, you know, you can do a lot of things in a remote setting so that, you know, you cut down on a lot of things there. Um, so for me, what, you know, how this all applies to the medical profession is I see there being massive, massive efficiencies right away. Like that's the first thing that I see. And then beyond that, I really think that the smart assistant is like going, going to be your own personal nurse. Uh, and that's really exciting to me. And, and that's why I'm so fixated on, you know, like in my industry, what's exciting is we're sort of supplying a data collection device. And so I think that's a critical component to this ecosystem where, you know, I've, uh, I really kind of envision it as like nurse Siri, um, or nurse Mayo clinic, which is mediated by nurse Siri. Um, but it's something where, you know, if you have, you have all this data that's being recorded all the time, biometric data, you, it, or you can, you can kind of track data through the inflection of your voice. You know, we've seen ways in which through biometrics, um, that they can actually just through audio and anal, uh, analyzation, they'll be able to, to kind of understand the state of your well-being. You know, are you sick? <laughs> I know there was a patent that just came out from, from Amazon where Alexa would be able to understand if you're sick based on the inflection of your voice and then it would prompt you to buy cough drops or something like that. And like that's where we are today in 2018. And like it's like it all goes back to that um, Jeff Bezos quote where in 2016 they were like, you know, they were asking all these questions about Alexa and, and somehow it kind of came to the point of like, where are we with this te technology? Uh, and he goes, not only are we in the first inning, we might even be at the first batter. And I think that's like, you know, okay, so here we are in 2018. So maybe we're still in the first inning, who knows? But as this gets more and more mature and more sophisticated, I just see this as being like, at the end of the day, it is what the name implies. It is a assistant to you. And so in a voice first world, I just see this as being like, you'll be able to have your assistant, you know, from a medical standpoint, it will be proactively prompting you, hey, this looks off, we need to get you into a doctor, I'm going to send this data over, you know, to my counterpart uh, over at the doctor's office. Um, you know, I, it's just like, I see so many different macro trends that are all kind of like converging at this point, you know, we've for the longest time, we've had big data, big data, big data. But, you know, for a long time, we haven't really been able to do a lot with that data. And now I see the smart assistant as like the mediator for all of that data. And so if we move into a world where it's just super data ridden and we have all these different things collecting data all the time, I see the smart assistant and just like the voice first element of this being uh kind of an abstraction of taking that data and, and actually making sense of it and, and um, you know, giving you actionable things to do with that data. Well, Dave makes a lot of great points in his comments there and the data for sure. I mean, once we have these voice assistants in our homes being able to interact with us on a regular basis, I am sure that the data is going to not only help people keep people more healthy by being able to respond when appropriate, as Dave mentioned, but also provide a source of information that we can start to do some research on the way people interact and the way that people can be proactive in their health. So this is really, really exciting. Now, the next person I want to introduce you to was featured on voicefirsthealth.com slash 16, the 16th episode, and this is Iram Aziz Khan. And she joined me to speak about um, voice technology and specifically uh, creating voice applications for the aging population 
and even more specifically for those that are living in senior living campuses, as she likes to refer to them. And she comes on and talks a little bit about, you know, how voice technology is affecting these seniors. And of course, I ask her, what does voice first health mean to her? So in the context of what she does, this is what she had to say. Yeah, exactly that in terms of voice first. And when we are um, developing our software and services, we look at how much can we do through voice and not have to go to the screen. Because when we go to the screen, whether that's on a smartphone or computer, you direct your attention away from the person, from your patient, from the resident that you're taking care of. And that is not a good experience because, you know, we want to make more of a human centered design. You want to connect, we want to make connections stronger. And, you know, a lot of times our, the, our traditional technology, like I mentioned, kind of it puts our, takes our attention away hmm. from other humans. Mm-hmm. And so voice first, I feel like, um, or I know because I see this, is that it really helps strengthen relationships. Um, it's a way to stay engaged with other people. And also, of course, a task at hand and and just, you know, we need a break from these screens. You know, a lot of us are just always in front of them. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of um, research and um, studies that go into how, like, you know, our screens can, looking at a screen all day is not a good thing. Um, and I think voice first, too, as well, um, is a way to create transparency because it's a multiplayer experience, I often say. Um, when you have a screen, it's usually, um, you know, a, a one player or one person's using it, maybe two people. But when you do voice first, when you're, when you're speaking to a voice assistant, um, everyone in the room can hear it. And I think this is very important for people that are older um, who a lot have a distrust, distrust um, in technology. They don't, um, you know, they don't know what people are doing. So if a caregiver or a doctor or nurse is on that iPad or screen like what are you writing there you know what what's what are you doing and it's not necessarily clear but if you're speaking it out loud then everyone can be on the same page i think that's very important some really interesting comments there from iram as well um the idea of distrust and being able to use voice in a multi-user format is really interesting because as iram said you know when a doctor is on a screen or a tablet the patient doesn't know what's going on. But if there is that interaction and everybody's out in the open in terms of what they're saying and communicating, I think that really can provide an added level of trust. Uh, The engagement, the connection, I think that is all improved with Voice First. All right, so let's get to the next guest. So the next guest was on voicefirsthealth.com slash 17, episode 17. And this is John Lochnane. He's a physician and he is the Chief of Clinical Innovation and the Medical Director of Life Choices Palliative Care Program at Commonwealth Care Alliance. And he is very involved in research in terms of how having a voice assistant can impact a person's health outcomes, regardless of if they may have even more complicated uh, health uh, problems. And He came on the podcast to talk to me about some of the fascinating and impactful work that they are doing in the Voice First Health space. And of course, I wanted to get his opinion on what Voice First Health means to him. And this is what he had to say to that question. It means that patients have the ability to engage with augmented care from their medical 
social behavioral health providers in a way that we've never been able to um, deliver in the, in, in the past. So I think every provider, no matter what modality they're, they're engaging with patients, would love to have the opportunity to say, I've seen you in the office or I've seen you in your home for 30 minutes, but for the next month before we re-engage, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take what we talked about and, and make sure that 15 times a day, if you want it, or two times a day, that you're having refreshers and you're having this an ongoing dialogue and journey about the care. And during those periods of time, there is the ability for you to um, have feedback that, that the providers will also uh, think about. So I think of voice first as a voice journey mm-hmm. that ultimately augments the care we provide for patients. Um, and again, I, I say this all the time. I don't know if there's any provider out there who wouldn't want to have the opportunity. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to take it to be a part of their patients' lives every day with specific care ideas and some feedback. Um, and, and I think that ultimately is where this is going. And then if we get to a very uh, productive artificial intelligence aspects, I think this has the chance to create a voice-first care plan that will significantly impact uh, both the, the quality and the cost, and most importantly, the patient satisfaction of what we deliver as, as clinicians. I love what Dr. Lochnane had to say there. There are so many great points that he made there. The idea that you can engage with a patient when they're not in the office, that the patient can go on a voice journey, and that this can augment their care, fantastic. And that's one of the things that I truly believe that we're going to see in this voice-first health world. All right, now the next person that I want to introduce you to who came on the podcast is Brian Romley. This was actually one of the highlights of the year for me. Brian came on episode 19, so you can access this one at voicefirsthealth.com slash 19. If you don't know Brian Romley, Brian Romley is often referred to as the oracle of voice. This guy has been uh, studying voice technology for decades, and he is one of truly, truly one of the thought leaders, if not the uh, most eminent thought leader right now in voice technology. We had so much to speak about that we actually broke up the podcast episode into two episodes. One is on my Alexa in Canada uh, podcast. That was actually episode 54, so you can access that one at uh, alexaincanada.ca slash 54. And of course, the second part of the interview was here on the Voice First Health podcast in episode 19, as I mentioned. And you can access that at voicefirsthealth.com slash 19. Now on this particular podcast, Brian talked about his vision of the future of having a truly voice-first assistant. As I've said a number of times, this interview actually sent chills down my spine. So if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it. But in any case, uh, here is what he had to say specifically with regards to the question of what does voice-first health mean to you? Let me get grounded and come back right to this moment in time because a true personal assistant doesn't exist today. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the devices from Amazon, Apple, and Google, and Samsung, they're not true personal assistants. And they're great. They do amazing things. And we talk pre-show about some of this. But let's just talk about what it's doing in people's lives right at this moment. Sure. Right at this moment, there's an elderly person that's sitting alone. And it's not because nobody cares necessarily. It's just because of the reality of societal existence as we are today. We're in these little boxes and we separate ourselves. We used to live communally as a big family and we can get into the anthropology of that, but these people are essentially becoming isolated. Their eyesight is failing. They don't get to speak very often because nobody even wants to talk to them anymore. Dad, mom, text me. And it's ironically, ironically, 
uh, funny how this all comes about, and I'll, I'll get into that in a second. Because people say, see, Brian, everybody's texting. We're not talking. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at this. So we'll start with the senior. The senior is able to at least create some dialogue, ask questions. Um, now, this may sound theoretical. This is empirically held in fact. There are thousands of seniors that are sitting there who used to just sit and maybe watch TV and maybe try to do word puzzles try to keep their brain active because an inactive brain is like a muscle that's not being used. It atrophies. Mm -hmm. And they're talking to Siri and Alexa and they're having conversations as rudimentary as they are talking about anything under the sun, asking questions like a newborn child, you know, just trying to discover um, what the world is to them at that particular moment. What I'm telling you is that because we've eliminated the barrier to get access and democratizing access to information to the very old, they now have found a new existence. This is extending life, Terry. Huh. It's extending the usable life. They are able to inform themselves. They're able to reach out into the world, get access to podcasts, get access to uh, information that they would not have had access to. That's the wow. one side of the spectrum. Guess what? Terry, on the other side of the spectrum is children. Hmm. And it, it was, I'll tell you, the cathartic event that really knocked me over. It was two months after the first Alexa was released. Uh -huh. I'm sitting on my couch, and we're in this, we have this big great room in the house. And my children were doing their homework. At that time, they were five and eight, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they had already known Alexa before I did because... I was on a business trip and they had hit installed and they had already been talking to it long before I did. So they developed an, a very quick relationship. But, and that fascinated me to begin with. I'm like, you had Siri forever. Dad works in voice. Huh. You've been playing with my stuff. Yeah. And they just took to it instantly. Wow. They anthropomorphized her. They called her her. Mm -hmm. They imagined what she could look like. I mean, they went through this whole thing. But right. I'm sitting on a couch and I'm just listening. It was sort of dark, and they were on the kitchen counter. You know, we have these little chairs there. And my youngest was asking about why the sky was blue. Huh. And it was, as a dad, it was one of those questions I always hoped that I would answer. So it, was, it started out being bittersweet because <laughs> I know why. It's nitrogen, and, 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 and the sky isn't really blue. It's everything but blue. Nitrogen absorbs blue. So I got that out there, right? Uh. So really, color is everything but that color. Go and think about that for a while. You, you, you'll, you'll get a, you get your brain, brain twisted up. Yeah. A lot of people are yelling at me right now. You're wrong, Brian. Go look it up. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to go and do that. Now, Alexa didn't actually say that. She just really talked about nitrogen. Mm -hmm. And then my child went on to ask other questions related to the molecules of nitrogen and then other ideas of what color is the atmosphere on Mars and why is the atmosphere red and this series of real-time questions that I assert would probably have not taken place if we had to mechanically and cognitively type all those questions one after the other sure. I counted Terry by the time the last tear left my eye because I started crying uh, because I, it really hit me just how impactful this is. It was 48 questions deep. Wow. And wow. he finally stopped. And 
what he did is took himself on a little journey of knowledge that would not have been happening under any other circumstance unless that there was an expert there that tirelessly would have answered every one of those questions. So that is just a little taste of what Brian Romley and I talked about. He is a brilliant guy, and like I said, I highly, highly recommend that you go back and listen to those episodes. There are two more guests that I want to introduce you to that I spoke with uh, before the end of the year. In episode 20, voicefirsthealth.com slash 20, I spoke with Jim Schwabel. Now, he is the CEO and uh, and founder of Neuralex, and Neuralex is a company that is using speech analysis to detect health conditions using the data that is wrapped up in the waveforms that we create every time we are uttering a word or a phrase. Jim is actually a, a trained biomedical engineer, and uh, he is a fascinating guy to speak with. He One of the things that we spoke about, which was just fascinating, is the idea of a voice genome project. We know that we have the human genome project, but he believes and he has evidence to show that by collecting waveforms of the audio that people utter, we can actually start to develop a database of voice samples that are going to help us to determine health conditions and diagnoses and so on. Really, really interesting stuff. Anyway, I I asked him the question as well. What does voice first health mean to you? And this is what he had to say. To me... um... It means it means something differently for probably than, than a lot of others. Um, but for me, it's really looking within the voice and using uh, that information um, to improve healthcare through our work. That's that's what it usually means to me. Is like, hey, like I'm hearing somebody's voice, yeah. and I'm using that as a way to to guide care. It, it's my knee jerk reaction. But I think for a lot of others, I find that they often associate voice first with Alexa because Amazon sponsors every single conference out there (laughs) at the diamond level. And Amazon is trying to, I guess, uh, put that, that image in everybody's mind to associate voice first with, with their products. Right. So, um, so I, I think if there's one thing I'd like to throw out there is that I think voice computing is much larger than these at home devices. It's, it's a field that spans, way more than just a a hardware device. Um, And I think voice assistants are just scratching the surface of the potential of deep learning applied to voice data. And and I think we'll we'll see some of the work like our work or other, even I think other work out there. I'm sure there'll be a lot of other amazing work out there in in healthcare with voice outside of us that that really show that that voice first means something much more comprehensive than just a voice assistant. It means any voice data applied to to improve the health system in some way and i totally agree with what jim was saying as well i think that voice computing is so much more than these devices because the devices is really just a a conduit to allow us to access the voice technology and that voice technology already we're starting to see it in many other places besides just the smart assistant so to speak the final guest i want to introduce you to is Stuart patterson he is the ceo of lifepod and they have created a product that allows proactive conversations from Alexa to a senior living in their home that needs some extra help, some guidance, some reminders in their daily activities. Fascinating work that he and his team are doing as well. And what does Voice First Health mean to him? Well, this is what he had to say. Well, the thing I've I've really been uh, so excited and uh, 
sort of waking me up at night kind of excited uh, about is this idea of um, the caregiver being able to support and monitor their patient or their parent from a distance, whether that distance is the town next door uh, that they can't, you know, they can't get away from whatever they're doing to keep track of their parent or their patient, or whether their distance is across the country. I talked to a, a venture capitalist a few months ago who said, God, I could use this to follow my, my father in Germany, you know, <laughs> yeah. Boston. Um, so that idea of the caregiver having a way to monitor and support either an elderly person or a person with special needs or a person with complex chronic conditions, or even somebody who's just been discharged from the emergency room, which is a pilot we're talking about uh, doing, mm. I just think is extraordinarily powerful. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it doesn't have that, that big open question that the uh, connected health space has had forever, which is will the patient engage with your service? You know, that's uh, yeah. been the problem, right? If I'm doing a startup with connected smartphones, I'm I'm just waiting to see whether the patients or the clients or the family member will use it. Right. And and this sort of guarantees that they'll engage. And what we're finding is that they're delighted to engage. So mm. I guess that's what really voice first uh, in health really means to me is is what I call the last 10 feet, completing the last 10 feet of engagement in such a natural way that people not only enjoy it, but they use it. And we can start collecting all the data that people have been dreaming of collecting in order to really leverage the power of AI-driven healthcare. That's remarkable work that they are doing. Stuart and his team are really uh, leaders in this area. And I didn't mention this, but he was on episode 21. So if you want to hear more of that episode, you can go to voicefirsthealth.com slash 21. Now, just to wrap up, I thought I'd give you a couple of my humble thoughts. You know, there are a couple of themes that are beginning to emerge from these, these perspectives. And one is the engagement. Never before have we seen technology that allows somebody to engage with the device so seamlessly, so frictionlessly, if that's a word, um, that, that allows people to be a leader, a proactive participant in their health. And I think that is something that is going to revolutionize the way we do healthcare. The other thing is, I, I want you to picture this. Imagine that you've got a smart assistant in your home and your next door neighbor has a smart assistant in their home. And you know the neighbor down the street has one in their home. And as the technology improves and the skills are developed for these technologies, and the, the database of information that is out there continues to grow, we essentially are going to start to have many healthcare clinics in our homes. This, I believe, is going to have the biggest effect on our healthcare system uh, more than anything else because what it's going to happen is we're going to be able to allow the patients, the person that needs the care, to become the leader of their healthcare team by accessing information, by engaging with the health, with the voice assistant in their home. And by doing so, this is going to take pressure off of the healthcare providers, off of the healthcare facilities. And I think that this is going to change, completely change the way that we experience healthcare in our society. Fascinating stuff. Thank you to all of the guests that have appeared on the podcast this year. I look forward to bringing you, the listener, lots more 
of many uh, interesting, intriguing thoughts about voice technology and healthcare, and I hope that you will continue to listen in. I want to let you know that uh, coming up very soon, I will be at the Alexa conference, and in fact, I will be uh, giving two talks. One will be on voice technology and how this is impacting uh, the way a person can access healthcare, just as I mentioned. Uh, I will also be moderating a panel, and I will also be speaking about flash briefings and how that can be used uh, for uh, not only healthcare, but all areas of getting a message out to an audience. The thing that I really want to mention to you, though, is that if you go to voicefirsthealth.com slash live, you will see that I have put up a schedule of podcasts that I am going to be broadcasting live from the conference. And I can tell you that the first one is going to be Wednesday, January 16th at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You simply go to voicefirsthealth.com slash live and you will be able to hear uh, my talk at the conference. Thanks again for tuning in. I wish you health, of course, for the new year. And uh, as usual, I have all of the links to the things that we mentioned today in the episode on the show notes page for this episode, which is voicefirsthealth.com slash 22. All the best for the new year, and I'll speak to you soon.